0: Listen to their struggles as they turn them into trials. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories. So sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. And hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio, one of the most realest talk shows on the net, all live. All real. Uh, Guys, I am your host, George Alonzo, and we have a great show here lined up for you today uh, where we're going to be talking about one of the hottest topics going on right now in the world of professional wrestling, which is the women's revolution after hearing WWE's bombshell of creating their first ever WWE all-women's pay-per-view on October the 28th. Uh, Guys... Also, I do want to go ahead and let you all know, we do also have a special guest here lined up with us. We are going to be speaking to 20-year-plus veteran of the business, uh, straight out of from New York. We are going to speak to Devious here on the show, uh, speaking about his tag team career, his singles career, pro wrestling syndicate, and so on and so forth. Now, <clears throat> now guys, please also bear with me, as I am getting in with a actual flu, so I do apologize for any kind of interruptions going forward on this show. <clears throat> Guys, I do also want to go ho- go ahead and promote our good friends over at New Jersey. Uh, of course, I'm speaking about the Boardwalk Beatdown. On August the 24th, you get to have dinner with the stars, and then on, on August the 25th, you have the Boardwalk Beatdown convention and the breakout live show uh, all for one great price go ahead and reach out to of course standalone wrestling on facebook or on their website to get all your ticket information about the boardwalk beatdown uh, again convention Events and activities between August the 24th and August the 25th. Make sure you purchase your tickets today. They have a whole bunch of stars uh, coming down from all over the world, and on top of that, the United States to meet and greet with all you the fans. Uh, this is a great gift from a good friend of here of our show, Chad Mines. Uh, Connecting together with a whole bunch of other great organizations to give back to the fans Uh, Now guys again make sure you purchase your tickets before they are sold out and I would not be surprised if they are sold out soon Uh, so guys Again today we will be having devious on the show uh, in just a tad But before we have Devious on the show I want to speak on one of the hottest topics Of what's going on <clears throat> In the world of professional wrestling today And that is The women's revolution So guys <clears throat> A lot of people went onto social media And said Hey, this is not a first As Impact Wrestling was the first To bring out a all women's pay-per-view uh, known for the knockouts. Uh, and, of course, a lot of people were also upset with the name that they chose for the event called Evolution, hence Triple H running the event and how he basically also had a stable of friends known as Evolution. Guys, let me explain something. Yes, the WWE is not the first team to the ball game. You know, they're not. It's it's given. You're absolutely right. They are not the first to actually conduct a first women's pay per view, Uh, you know. And maybe TNA wasn't either. I'm not sure Uh, because before TNA there was also many other organizations trying to run for all women's, including Glow, and also WOW. Uh, which actually, wow, did appear on pay-per-view at one time when they first started. So TNA wasn't the first. But let me tell you something, folks. No matter who was first or last, the point is the women are getting the revolution that they deserve, the evolution they deserve. Instead of pouting on social media and instead of complaining who was first and who was last, instead of that, go ahead and reach out and say, not to WWE, not to TNA, not to Ring of Honor, not to anyone. Just say, congratulations, ladies. That's it. Because it's not for the WWE. It's not for TNA. It's not for a Ring of Honor. It's not for WOW. It's not for GLOW. It's for these women who have always been looked at as a sex symbol of our business. And for once, they are actually being, being treated as an equal superstar in this world of professional wrestling. And with that being said, no matter who started it, no matter who ends it, they are giving, it, giving them the opportunity. Because as we all know, <clears throat> during the Attitude Era, we all remember during that time that every woman was known as eye candy. Every woman was given pushes because of how they looked. And on top of that, given 30-second matches, one-minute matches, two-minute matches at most. But then all of a sudden, things were changing. Once we grew and we started saying, give Divas a chance. And then all of a sudden, WWE decided, hmm, let's change this. Same thing for TNA. Hmm, you know, WWE is not doing it, so let's give it to them. You know, it, it, no matter the reason, no matter the who started it and who ended it, They all changed and gave them the opportunity, and the women ran with it. Remember, the women don't run the business, okay? The women are not the CEO. They're not the CEO. They're not the general managers. They're not the commissioners. They are performers, just like every performer that you go out there to respect, men or women. And they are basically told, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But one day... Everyone, from TNA to Ring of Honor to Japan to WWE, one day they came to them and said, hey, women, we're going to give you a chance. This is your time. This is your time to shut us up. And did they ever. And hence why they came out with more and more first-time matches for women. And now getting their own pay-per-view. So, guys, what I'm trying to say is don't don't crash on the organization for saying, oh, evolution this, or, uh, you know, pay-per-view this, who was the first, who was the last. Instead, guys, you're missing the point. You're missing the point to say, congratulations, ladies, you have worked for so many years, for this many years, and you're finally doing it. So on behalf of Russell City Radio, I don't want to speak for anyone else uh, tuning into our show or for any guest or anyone that has their opinion To each his own I'm only stating mine but on behalf of Russell City Radio from everyone behind the scenes to myself I want to say congratulations to all you ladies doing a difference in this business with the opportunities that was given to you you took it and you ran with it and congratulations you deserve this pay-per-view Uh, And on top of that, on the grandest stage of them all, of the WWE. So, guys, that is my opinion as far as the women's revolution. If you want to speak up your opinion on what I have said or what I feel or anything you feel about the women's revolution, please drop us a line at our Facebook fan page, of Russell City Radio on Facebook It's facebook.com/backslash Russell City Radio, and go ahead and leave us a comment or send us a message, and I will be more than happy to read it here on the air uh, while you send it over. Again, go on to facebook.com/backslash Russell City Radio and drop us a line and let us know what you think and what you say or what you think of what I said about the women's. Revolution, uh, coming forth with now WWE announcing their first ever women's pay-per-view known as WWE Evolution. And notice I'm not saying the first time ever pay-per-view because, yes, WWE is not credited for that, as they are not the first. Neither was TNA. It was actually WOW. Okay? Women of Wrestling. They were actually one of the first to set their stone as far as an all-women's pay-per-view. Uh, for those that don't know, basically, WoW is a rebirth of sorts of glow, and they actually showed up on pay-per-view a long time ago, way before TNA was even born. So, you don't believe me? Look it up. They were actually on pay-per-view first before they ever even had a TV deal. And for all we know, there might have been someone before Wow. So for all those you know cramming WWE by saying hey TNA was first, look up your history because TNA wasn't the first either. So guys, we are now gonna go ahead and reach out to our guest of the evening. I'm talking about the 20-year plus veteran devious. <clears throat> Okay. let's try we heard the ring dial but let's try again hello yes hi hello uh, Devious yes yeah. Hey, Devious, this is George from Russell City Radio. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Good at yourself, sir.
0: Uh, uh, good, 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 good. Uh, thanks for for uh, answering the call, and especially on your busy schedule. And and most importantly, thank you so very much for even taking some time to speak with us on our show today.
1: No problem, guys. Uh-
0: Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Devious, basically one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, because, of course, we all know you as a 20-year-plus veteran in the business. Uh, One of your mainstays in New York while you were wrestling up there was at Pro Wrestling Syndicate. But since then, what have you been up to, man?
1: Uh, I actually been taking a break from wrestling right now, on a little hiatus. After we won the tag team, I was like, all right, I've been doing this for three years straight. I'm going to take a break, regroup. Before I come back, repackaging myself. Ah, uh, so yeah. that's what we're doing, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I've actually heard about that because uh, a lot of people, and I'm not saying it's like a growing thing either, uh, Mr. Devious, but I've I found out that a lot of people actually get to love the business more when they take a break. So when they come back, it's kind of like their love is is reborn in a way. Is that true?
1: Yeah, definitely true. It's, it's almost like if something is yours, it's yours forever. So you give some time away. Absence makes the heart go fonder. So, kind of a situation like that.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I've heard that. And even people have have said, like, when they, you know, no pun intended and no disrespect to anyone, but when they even let go of the WWE, some people have even said in their interviews or in comments on Twitter or so on and so forth that, hey, being released by the w w e has made my love for this business grow even larger because now they see they they get to have a more of a passion for wrestling, kind of like how you were saying, like when you miss something you you grow more in love with it so it, it so I'm glad to to actually find that out with you actually when it comes to that subject
1: yeah, but it's also a deal where I have my w w e tryout and like Two thousand nine, and it made me feel different about wrestling. Actually, Uh, it um, you get to see a different side of it, and you know what's the ultimate goal. But um, my love, it, it changed a little bit. I looked at indie wrestling a little bit different, um, and I looked where where I wanted to go, and and you know how much more work that I had to do, and. Getting critiques from you know people like Dusty Rhodes and Dean Malenko, where like you got it, you just gotta you just gotta show it. So back then mm-hmm. that's when John um, Laurinaitis was was there, so everything was kind of cookie cutter. And they was like, no, don't worry about it. Steve Kern was like, you got the look, you got this. You you just gotta um, show it more. Don't hold don't hold back. So I've been I I guess since then kind of repolishing on you know, how I wanna present myself ultimately. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at now. So that's why sometimes I I'll do a gimmick, I'll do a, a, a version of me and I see how far I could go with it. And if I think mm-hmm. I could do something else, I kinda hide in the shadows for a little and then when, when it's time and I see, you know, other people doing other things, if somebody does something similar, I go back to the drawing board, kinda make them forget about me, like, Oh, where's this guy been? Where's this guy been? And then boom, come out again and everybody's like, Okay It's like I'm I'm refreshed.
0: (laughs) And, and, you know, and I'm thankful that you even brought that up, because one of the things that's going on right now, even in the business, that everyone went on to Twitter about like crazy since yesterday's SmackDown was Randy Orton's promo when he started talking about indie darlings. And basically – a lot of like i don't want to speak for wrestlers because obviously i'm not a wrestler i'm a journalist so i want to bring this up and you tell me correct wrong and your opinion of course you know a lot of wrestlers these days mr devius you know feel like to be noticed by the wwe you need to do all these flashy things to to actually get the attention that you want from them whereas then jericho even said on his Twitter, if you continue to do this in the independents, you're going to end your career faster than you expected and not even allow the WWE to scout you to even Randy Orton say, hey, you know, <laughs> I'm not a flashy guy and look where I am. So now that you've been in the independents and you've also been, you know, given the opportunity of a trial with the WWE, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like what, what's your opinion on that matter? Um.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely learned that, that I, you wouldn't have to do it, especially with someone of my size. I always wanted to show that I was, you know, big, strong, and athletic also. I didn't just want to be uh, Mr. Hughes, the big black guy could just pummel you. I wanted to show my size. A bit like, But they said, we have, you know, not too many guys like you, but we have a thousand Ray Mysterios open up in the Indies. We have a lot of little guys flipping and stuff like that. So it's good that you can move and you're not stagnant, but show your size. Size. Be a, be a skyscraper. Be a statue, where you don't have to do all the flipping and stuff like that. Just looking at you in awe is what you bring to the to the puzzle. That that's your puzzle piece. So you can't be the edge. You can't be the bottom. You got to be the middle, the center, the big piece in the middle. And I was like, okay, the light bulb went off in my head. And one of my um my easiest runs is when one guy said, look. Use the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. And I went on a, a good run of undefeated of almost two years of maybe similar to like Braun Strowman's run, where I was beating two uh-huh. or three guys at a time. So I was like, okay. And it was so much easier on my body and it was so much smarter where I had to do less, but it showed more because I was so dominant. So definitely definitely with something like that, I understand what Randy was saying.
0: So hold, and I want to keep. I want to keep myself reminded about a term that you just used. So let me get this straight. Is the kiss method is keep it simple, stupid?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's something I mean, that you know that the old timers teach
1: you to not overdo it and and lear, learn your place on it because um, there was some times where I used to like going out, you know, first, second, or third match because the the, the crowd is fresh and all that. But then I would do too much to where the other guys would have to change their matches. They would have to, you know, go back to the drawing ball, like, oh, this guy did my move, so now I got to do this. So I was like, oh, you know, you step on certain toes like that, then they don't want to bring you back. They're like, you do too much. You take the, the role of five different wrestlers, and I can't have these guys. I can't have a match with, I mean, a show with three matches on it. I got to have everybody do their, their own thing. So they said, look, just keep it simple, do your thing, and it'll go good.
0: And speaking about simple, and mind you, I've never heard that term before. I am so putting like, I'm so making myself like a big drawing with, with the kiss, like you said, and I'm so putting it on my desk, saying keep it simple, stupid. Oh my god, I'm so using that. I'm stealing that from you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but men, now that you met, we talk about simple stuff. Of course, Devious. We we know that you were a tag team player, but you also were a singles uh, guy as well. You did have a fair share of singles competition. Like, when it comes to simple, what was more simple for you in your career? Was it like the tag team wrestling or was it uh, singles wrestling?
1: Actually, the tag team wrestling is, is a little bit more complicated, believe it or not, because you have to yeah. coordinate everything with more people. When you add more pieces to the puzzle, it becomes – more complicated, so it's actually easier when it's one on one because you know this guy is the big guy, this guy is the small guy this, you know when when there's everybody in there, you gotta make sure the two big guys don't um are not in there too long because the smaller guys can take the heat more so it is it, a lot more complications and stuff you can and can do, and you know just tell a story the right story you you can't you can't you know do that. With um, like like singles. Singles is like one on one. That's it. You got the ref in there, nothing to worry about. Then tag team. You got to coordinate. The tag team moves have to be in sync. You have to do it. You don't have to worry about one guy when you're pinning them to not be in the corner because they kick you. You know, different stuff like that <laughs> that you got to. So it's more complicated, but it's also more minds in there, more input. So some some aspect you don't have to come up with so much.
0: Ah, makes sense. Makes a yeah. lot of sense. A- a- and mind you, like when you make because I know you were saying like you're on a hiatus right now. When when you make a return, were you thinking of coming back as a single star uh, or a tag team star? Did you have any preference?
1: Um, I don't have a preference. I- I'm more than likely will come single because I'm I'm going on my um, you know, I'm on my own accord right now. So some of the guys that I was teaming with, they I like, look, man. Like, you take it too long, I'm going to go do my thing. I'm like, yo, bless him. Go do what you're doing. You know, if they, um, you know, call us and they, they, you know, a promoter wants both of us, then we'll both go. If not, you do your thing, I do my thing. When we come together, we'll still be dominant. We'll still do our thing. So that's where it's at right now. So more, more than likely, you know, my first patches, it'll be, um, it'll be singles and then tag team afterwards.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because like you were saying, like, for tag team is more responsibility by saying, hey, you know, not only are you working the match just for you, but you're also working the match with three other people. So it's, yeah, I could see where you're going at when it comes to almost feeling straight. Like, have you ever felt, the uh the stress or the pressure when going out there for tag team matches like what what goes through your mind because i know you actually told us your preference and what you found more simple but going into the tag team subject do you did you ever feel like when you went out there because you had to deal with so many people well let's also count the ref so four people uh with, that you had to deal with so many people in one match did you ever feel like stressed or pressured when going out there
1: Actually, no, because
0: uh, thank God
1: I've learned from some of the the, the greats in the wrestling. Where um, you know, as far as like to keep it simple, stupid, I would be the general, which I, I will coordinate the match. So if it's mm-hmm. eight guys or two four man tag, I always put a four man and and was a, a good ring general. So that that helped me a lot. Where the match being complicated, I said, look, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. Everybody had their position, and it worked well. And a lot of people like, oh, man, sometimes I'm in these multi-man matches or this and that, and it's like retarded, it's crazy, or even, like, battle royals. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's chaos where people, you know, like to be in a battle royal and they try to uh, do a third lola where they're sitting on the side and they don't want to get eliminated or they're nervous, they're scared, you know. So, you know, it always worked out for me. Sometimes... I think one of the, the the hardest parts in coming up with a match was like working older WWE legends where you know they're not as young and and vibrant as they used to be. So a lot of stuff that you like, oh man, I get to finally work with Brutus Beefcake, so I can do this. So he's like, no kid, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. We're gonna go home and enjoy ourselves.
0: I'm okay,
1: and because I mean, you want to show all your new cool moves, but you're like, no, you're not doing this for a 50-year-old guy, you know, who's walking into the ring, let alone you know, bumping around in the ring and you throwing around. So you're this big, strong guy, but you got to humble yourself because you know you're in there with a with a guy that's been around a long time, and he, he don't have no care, so he don't want to you know break an arm and break a leg, and then he can't go out for the next. You know three weekends in a row that he's going out or even go back to his normal uh job when speaking of brutus B cake he's working at a um as a post he was working in post office at that time when he was over here in connecticut.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and devious being that you're sorry that that story just made me laugh a little bit, but uh and I'm trying to hold back my laugh because if not, I'm gonna make you deaf with a cough in your ear, and I don't want to do that because i'm i I'm a little sick here under the weather but um but but devious excuse me, you see now. Oh God! Now it starts again. <clears throat> so, Devious. With that being said, like, ye, of course, you were mentioning that. Of course, as veterans and and you being a general in the ring, let's admit, Devious, you, I or at least I'm hoping that your answer is no in this case. But that I've I've been in training. I've been in training situations where there's always that one guy or girl uh, that does not listen to the general, and by by sad mistake, you know, we they get stiffed. You know, we uh, and let me just say this, it doesn't just happen in the independence. It happens in w- WWE too. Look what happened to Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. You know, they yeah. don't listen to the general and the general takes their, their action and says, Listen to me <laughs> and calm down. Have you ever been in a situation where, hey, young man, calm down, like were you have you ever been put in
1: that situation like that? Uh, I never, I never got to be put in my place like that. Thank God, I never messed up. I never, or I never was the one to over, to overdo it. Like especially when I'm in, when I'm not the ring general, and I'm, you know, when I'm wrestling one of those like Greg Valentine or somebody like that, and they say, "Look, this is what we're gonna do."
0: I do exactly
1: what they say, and that's it.
0: Because, you know, but have you I, ever had to like generalize someone? Like, have you ever had to tell someone, "Hey, calm down," while you were in the ring with them, being that you were all, the general?
1: All the time. All this, what I did is a lot of little guys who who who's short and strong, and they used to fighting guys that their, their size. So when they go against me, and then they're gonna throw my big ass around. I'm like, no, no, brother, that's that's <laughs> not happen. And and then I'm like, you're not making me so and I gotta tell them, look. Calm down, calm down, you know, that's not happening.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, I could only imagine because I've seen a picture of you and I've seen some matches of you, and if I was in that ring with you and I was there telling you, hey, I'm going to go for a suplex, I would be dead scared just to tell you, hey, this is the next spot. (laughs) Just to see. (laughs) Because I'm nowhere near your size, man. (laughs) I'm only 5'7". I'm tall, right? And I'm,
1: I'm, you know, I'm always going and changing my weight. Sometimes I'm a little on skinny side. Sometimes I'm a little bit more muscular up top. So they, they not used to doing maneuvers on a big guy like me. So my legs are longer. The drop is different. So there's a lot of stuff in there that they don't have. I mean, unless you're going against a veteran, they know what to do when not to. But when you got one of the young guys in there, and they, they're like, what? They're, they're falling too fast, and the coordination is off. So. This is why I tell them, no, you can't do that. This is not going on. Like, don't even try that.
0: (laughs) In in that sense, too, like, you know, I'm pretty sure you're still a fan of the business, you know, a fan of pro wrestling. You you have a passion for the business, too. You're just pretty much, like you were saying, taking a hiatus for you could come back even better. Uh, Have you thought of anything, like, throughout the process uh, you know, from the time of your hiatus to now, saying, Hey, I'm going to do this differently when I come back. Uh, has anything changed for you mentally during this time?
1: Um, just to be more focused and take it up a notch as, as far as um, taking opportunities that I've had instead of pushing them to the side and say, Oh, maybe later, maybe later. So, more of the mm-hmm. opportunities are like, to like international stuff and all of that. Because I am a dad, so i got to worry about, you know, my family and also. So that, that plays a big part. So, you know, but now I'm like, you know, I'm getting older, 20 plus years in the business. I have my fun. It's time to make some money back and travel the world and document a lot of my, you know, something to show to my grandkids one day. Well like, yeah, look, this is what granddad did, this is what granddad did. So it's more of a cement in my stone, you know, in history right now as far as, you know, not just being a flyer on the wall a lot or somebody Mm -hmm. that came in and out and forgot completely. Because I'm good at training, but I'm like, I still can move. So, you know, let me get these last few years of, you know, me enjoying it and then go behind and, you know, end it on the teaching note.
0: Not to ask a – and I mean this with all due respect. I'm sorry if this is way too personal, but have have your kids been able to – uh, see a match of you live yet? or Because I know you mentioned grandkids, but has have, have your kids been able to see uh, any matches of you yet live?
1: Oh, yeah. My, my son is always there. And he, um, Which is funny. A lot of guys, you know, they're they, they on the Indies before they hit the WWE. And I'm like, oh, you remember this guy? You was hanging out with this guy? You hanging out with this guy? He like, no. I don't remember none of this. <laughs> the picture, when he was with um, Noel Foley, and she was, you know, she loved him. She was in the audience with him, like, the whole time at, um, at a PWS show. He was uh, the guest commissioner for, like, four shows in a row. And he was like, I don't remember this. And I showed him the picture, and he had them do, like, the uh, the Iron Man hand gesture. So I was like, oh, man. He's like, I don't remember that. So a lot of people that he hung out with is like, um, he's there, he's a of mine, but he's not a big fan of wrestling. He'll enjoy it for the moment, but then he's like, hey, that's it. You know, dad had fun. Uh-uh. Dad smashed his head. Oh, I love when you did this. And that's it. You, he'll hold my belt or he'll come in the ring and take pictures, but he's more of a, all right, I'm enjoying it for now, but later it's like,
0: right. <laughs> It, it. it, it. Wow. So, so that goes to question about saying, "Hey, would you you'd love to see your kids also following your footsteps?" But you just answered that. But you know, I mean, being as, I mean, as
1: did, but I, I, I doubt it. Like that would surprise me. It would shock me. It would be a joy. But I, I really doubt it. I really doubt he, he would <laughs> uh, follow my footsteps with that. <laughs>
0: And being that you just mentioned PWS as well, PWS, uh, from anyone that doesn't know, is stands for Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Uh, at that time being ran by Mr. Eric Pleska, known to a lot of people also as Mr. Eric Tapout. Uh, PWS no longer is around, but it's pretty much kind of like a transfer from PWS to Pro uh when of course uh, at that time Eric's partner I believe his name was Pat Buck uh took over yeah. the organization and created Russell Pro there, was there ever a transition or an offer uh, on your end when that transition happened was there ever like a transfer period for you to join Russell Pro as well
1: well that that was a bit of a um a, a political thing cuz when I oh. came when I came it was before Pat Buck's tenure and um, I came under Eric, and I was there. Like, I was undefeated for, like, two years, tag team champion. I even beat four men by myself because my partner, was Draven was out with a um, a fractured jaw, so he couldn't compete. So I actually uh, won a, a, a three-team gauntlet by myself with no partner, so that was cool. And the guys were the, the Nigerian nightmares where they both were, like, 400 pounds. So that was that was a pretty cool. One. My son seen that. That actually was a show that uh, Mick Foley was the commissioner. But um, when they transitioned to WrestlePro, um, well, when it was still PWS and and, and Pat came on, um, there was one point where uh, me and my partner was supposed to win the, the tag team titles, and we arrived for the show late. So they, um, you know, they dismissed us. Oh, we took you out, guys, out the match. If you want to do anything else on the show, do it. You know, so we wound up just doing the running later on, which wound up being the highlight of our career. Because seven years later is about three million views on YouTube. with my sexy partner doing a moonwalk because he was uh about 400 pounds at the time, which he lost weight since then. But it wound up being a good thing and a bad thing at the same time because you know we wound up getting in there late and you know messing up the match and they had to switch everything around. So, I mean, it was, you know, a gift and a curse, I guess. But that's only my take on it. So then after yeah, that, you know, I kind of out with Pat Buck. who didn't really like that. I guess it rubbed him the wrong way. So when they, you know, I think I came back for a battle royal one time. And then when um when they did, like, the official split, that's when Eric called me back for PWS. And then they did the WrestlePro thing, and then that was it.
0: Ah, gotcha. Yeah, because I thought it was kind of like a transition period, not just, you know, PWS here and WrestlePro here. I did not know it was like two separate entities. I thought it was one thing that just kind of swooped into WrestlePro. That's what I thought. But yeah,
1: because well, – um, Oh, sorry to cut you off. Um, Eric opened it up, and he did one show at um, the Starling Ballroom, which was, which was good. And then he sold it to another guy named Frank. And um, he, he he did that show, I think I think it was September, October of last year, which is the last PWS show, which I won the tag team titles again for the second time. So I'm still reigning PWS tag team champion just in case if he, you know, bring it back. I'll be defending those belts, but let's see if he brings it back because it's been almost a year now. So, you know, I don't know what uh, what's going to happen. Now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I did hear about a resurrection of PWS as well. I think it was during WrestleMania weekend, where I believe I saw some promotion going around about PWS doing a return. Uh, did you ever see that promotion handled or talked about, or or even were you informed of it? No, the last time
1: I seen it, uh, anything about it, I heard from the guy was um, maybe like last November. And then that was it. I haven't heard anything since so I don't know what's going on. He hasn't, you know, contacted me, so that's just where ah, it's at gotcha. now. When it happens he'll uh I guess he'll call me up, like, Hey you defending those belts? Yep. And well, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Because like you said, you're still you're pretty much still the uh still crowned uh PWS tag team champion. So w- with that being said, let's say hypothetically uh, devious. Let's say hypothetically, PWS returns this weekend. If there was one tag team that you would love to defend the championships with, uh, who would that team be? Who who would you want to defend the tag team titles with?
1: With or against?
0: You mean? I mean against. Sorry, against. I apologize. Um, I
1: mean the, the Young Bucks. That's like the hottest tag team there. You, you you get a good rub off of them. So uh, it would definitely uh, be the Young Bucks. This flag like is a fun match.
0: Superkick Party versus The Urban Legends?
1: Yes, that 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 would be wonderful, but we don't know if the if that
0: happened. <laughs> hey, never say never. One thing that you always uh, even said before, uh, you know, on this uh, on this interview, you said that hey, you know, one day I might have pop up, surprise people, you never know. Hey, you just never know in this business. Nowadays, uh Devious we've had the return of something that I like to call the surprise factor, which it tends, and this is my next subject that I want to talk to you about, that I, I tend to notice that social media really kind of messes it up for the wrestling fans that like to be surprised, that like to say, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened kind of situation. Uh, you know, I know people like you want to still bring that back by saying, hey, you'll never know if I, when I come back. But, yeah. has social media kind of ruined the surprise factor in a way for pro wrestling uh
1: in, in a sense um it it, it does because the uh, the the unknown is not there and it's hard to get around it because it's, it's i mean you know everything is predetermined, so there's always somebody there that knows it so so if you go and it takes two seconds to let a million people know what's going on. So, it it but then sometimes it makes you want to tune in more. Like, oh, I know this is going to happen. I'm going to do it even more. Like the whole WCW spoiler, Mick Foley winning the title. Yeah. That was like, one of the you know, kind of a social media thing. They put it on there and that blew it up and blew the ratings up even more. So, it's it, it's kind of a, you know, 50-50 thing on, on my take on it. I mean, but there's some things that's good. I don't have to make VHS tapes and do all this stuff anymore My stuff is on YouTube, so I can just post it up, send it to a a link, and then boom, there you go. I got bookings for the, you know, next six months to a year. (laughs) So it's a lot easier than, you know, when I started with, you know, all that stuff I had to go through back in the day.
0: Devious. Also, admit to our listeners, because, of course, to be a wrestler, you also have to be a fan of the business uh, because that's what they say, you know, who's the biggest fan in this situation, the guy wearing the tights doing what he's always loved or the people sitting in the chairs outside the guardrail. I've, I've grew with that mentality, and I grew that, A, you need to be the ultimate fan to do this because you're going out there practically in your underwear. Practically. (laughs) At least that's what my trainer used to say. Um, You know, with you being the fan as well, this is pretty much a fan question. I'm trying to reach out to Devious the Fan. What has really surprised you the most pretty much in pro wrestling right now?
1: Uh, Right now, nothing really. It's it's like really predictable. (laughs) But I remember one of the last big questions that I popped for, was the, the Mark Henry turn on John Cena when he was saying he was retiring and all, all of that. Remember oh. that? Right about five yeah, years I ago? remember. Oh, my
0: God. Uh-huh. Oh, my
1: God. I'm so loud for that. I, yeah, I was, I was going crazy. So, um, you know, when when you can pop the insiders and, the, and the, the workers, it's even better. So a lot of guys, you know, they try to do stuff secretive and not even let everybody, you know, in the Fed know to even get that surprise and let, you know. So that was one of the times I remember that. But right now, no, everything's predictable. I can I could tell you what's gonna happen for the next four or five weeks. So it's like if you huh. miss you miss it, you don't you don't miss nothing spectacular. I DVR it, but then if I don't hear nothing went on, I just I just delete <laughs> it. I'm like, okay, it's not worth watching.
0: Tell you what, let's have a discussion, you and I, right now. And before we do, let me just say this right now, fans, if you do not want to be spoiled. Turn off the radio, spoiler alerts, possible spoiler alerts, for at least one week coming. up. So I'm giving you five seconds, fans, to mute the radio if you do not want to be spoiled. And your five seconds are up. If you're still tuning in and you get spoiled and you get upset with us, you did it at your own risk. So, <laughs> with that being said, Devious, let's have a discussion, you and I, at least for one week. What what do you think is going to happen next week? Knowing that you said that, uh, you know, you know what might be happening in the next coming five weeks, at least for one week, what do you think is coming up? What should we be expecting?
1: Roman Wayne winning again. Samoa Joe is not going to get the title. I think they're going to throw Daniel Bryan in there to get the Indy Dolphins to come in for SummerSlam. Um, let's see what else they. they Braun Strowman is going to cash in at SummerSlam. Or maybe they, they're trying because they're promoting Brockford. They might have him come back and Braun take it before then. But look for Braun to get it before the year
0: is out. And I have to agree with pretty much majority of them except for one. And I'll tell you which ones I agree with, and which one, uh, which of the one that I, I I don't agree with. I agree with you saying Braun is going to cash in and will win the championship within the year. I agree with that 100%. Trust me, I wouldn't even be surprised if he cashes in at SummerSlam and restarts a feud with Roman Reigns uh, going into, of course, Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble, just because of the fact that even Braun Strowman said in an interview, and I quote, that he will never be finished with Roman Reigns. So, that's yes, I agree with that 100%. I also agree with Roman Reigns winning the championship, and I also agree with you saying that Samoa Joe will not be winning the championship, at least not yet. Uh, now, the only one that I don't disagree I agree with is Daniel Bryan because I think they're focusing on the feud between Daniel Bryan and The Miz right now, which is absolute money, because yeah. just of how personal it is between those two. At least that's yeah, my opinion, also.
1: But they got to keep Bryan in there, and also that The Miz, with his TV show, he's he's hot and he brings in a different audience, and he wants another run, and he proved that he's worthy of another run because AJ Styles is already at his you know his end. So Joe's fan, fan WWE is not building like it should have. So to to keep everybody there that they need on top, they're gonna have to mix everybody up, and I think that's how they're gonna mix it up. Because there's even supposed to be uh, uh, Daniel Bryan turning on Kane, so Kane could be, you know, uh, you know, be the cause of Daniel Bryan losing the match and almost getting
0: the title. So ah, good point. Good point. And mind you, uh, I you know, I have to ask you now that we're t- talking even about this subject. Uh, but do you feel like uh, are you with me on this by saying that possibly Miz is one of the most underrated and actually the uncrowned WWE champion at this point?
1: I totally agree. He he, his promos, and and he there's a um there's a time when he was doing. Um, going by the script too much, and not ad libbing, mm-hmm. and not putting real emotions in it. Once he started doing that, that he took off, and, and he made me a believer. I'm like, all right, he's following the code right, but he's not projecting it like he should have. And then once he started doing that, he started taking off, and his heat is ridiculous. And but the fans now, you know, I so, saw, you know, with the tweeners, there's, there's everything is a shade of gray, to so where. The more he says, shut up, the more they say, yeah, tell us shut up, tell us shut up. So, <laughs> you know. It's A reaction, is not Z reaction anymore, it's A reaction. As long as you get A reaction, you're good. But when you get, you don't get the bad guy reaction. You don't get them to boo you unless they really don't like you.
0: And that goes into my last question of this interview because we are running short of time. I wanted to ask you because, of course, I figured that you play both heel and face in this business. Uh, For you fans that don't understand the terminology, good guy and bad guy. Uh, You know, as you were saying, too, like you were just mentioning about the Miz being that heel, and no matter even if he says, you know, a bad insult, they're still cheering for him. Is it hard? Like, even if you came back today as a heel or a face, is it hard to determine what is what anymore in the business because of how the fans have transitioned it? It is, but but it, it you know the
1: skill set that you you got to learn after years and years to where you make them believe and and either hate you or love you because there's sometimes on some shows where I'll be the one uh, I'll be the bully. Or I'll be the funny, like Franks that joking on you and beating you up, like ah, little guy, you can't do nothing. And then I'll be the guy that's coming to someone's rescue and like, oh, you want to be a bully to him? Well, bully me, and you know, protecting somebody. So, you know, you know, it, it, I get the reaction that I that I need at that particular time. So, it's you know, for me, for me personally, is is a little. Um, it, I know how to you know cut and try that, but um,
0: yeah, but nowadays
1: everything is so mixed it's the same thing like Orton he was just a a, a face not too long ago, so now he's hailing out again, which is you know in short term memory, you remember it, so it's not like you know we forgot about it, he didn't take a high well he did take a little high. so you know but some some you know fan memory is short term so. <laughs>
0: Well, in that sense, yeah, you're absolutely right. But even when he came out on Tuesday on SmackDown, uh, you know, he came out with one of the best promos where a lot of people are praising him for that promo with the whole indie Darling, like what we were talking about at the beginning of the interview. And people were still cheering for him. So it's like, man, how can... What do you need to do to get over as a heel nowadays? Because fans nowadays whether you're a heel or a face, they're still going to cheer for you. And and I'm kind of like in a limbo of saying how hard can it be for you wrestlers nowadays because I know you guys are set with a certain goal by saying, hey, make sure these fans hate you by the end of the night, and by the end of the night they're still cheering you. It's like, what the hell do I have to do? Sometimes you just got to stick to the script. And, I mean, if it
1: goes, you know, whatever way, like I said, it's not the reaction no more, it's a reaction. If they're not sitting on their hands and twiddling their thumbs and on their phones, then you're doing something, you're grabbing their attention, and they're going to come back and buy a ticket. So that's, that's, you know, that's really the, the end result now.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, hey, Devious, thank you so very much for actually joining us here on the show. Uh, We are running short of time, so I'm going to have to cut this interview short. But again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much for your time. Uh, Before you go, let's do some plugs. That way maybe uh, some bookers can get a hold of you in case when you're ready to make a comeback. But – when that's possible, and of course that's to the bookers' own accord, how can these bookers get a hold of you for any kind of inquiries? How can fans follow you on social media and so on and so forth?
1: Uh, you can search me on YouTube, Devious Wrestling. You can see me on Twitter, D B L K M A F I A. That was the Black Mafia Group I had, and you can also catch me on Instagram, D Black Dallas, and. Um, Catch me on Facebook. Just look up Devious and I'll come up. You'll see a page man.
0: me. Awesome. Hey, Devious, again, thank you so very much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's truly an honor to speak with a veteran of 20-plus years in this business. Thank you so very much. You're
1: welcome, sir. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to a part two.
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely, because this conversation can go on to for two days if we wanted it to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, lots of stories, brother.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and we'll get there because trust me, I owe Mentor a part two as well. We need you for part two. That is a for sure.
1: <laughs> All right,
0: wait brother. Later, man. Have a great one.
1: All right, you too. Take. Care.
0: You too. All right guys, that was the twenty plus year veteran in pro wrestling Devious, where he spoke about his time, of course, with the transition from pro wrestling syndicate and WrestlePro, pro, where he is at now, what he's been up to, of course what he's planning on his return, and so on and so forth. He even went on to speak about, you know, what his opinions are of the product and, of course, every single thing when it comes to the to the, his tryout with the WWE and so on. Guys, we thank very much to Devious for his time uh, on our show. Guys, we are running short of time, so I want to go ahead and say thank you to everyone who tuned in to our show today. Tune in next week, next Wednesday, when we're back on the air with Evan Gin- Ginsberg. I hope I didn't say that right. I said that right. Evan Ginsberg will be here on the show. If you don't know who that is, he's the Actual guy behind the 350 days pro wrestling documentary. Uh, he will be here on the show next week. Uh, so guys, make sure you tune in next week, same time, same channel, same place. Russell City Radio next Wednesday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. From everyone here on Russell City Radio, from people backstage to myself, I want to say thank you so very much. I hope you have a good night and stay real. Good night, folks.